0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Smooth Sports Podcast brought to you by theswathreport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan J.G. Smooth So glad you could join me as I aim to go beyond the field and the court with my guests to get the stories you don't see in the headlines. My guest today has had quite the journey, beginning as a campus beat writer for Wichita State Basketball to now running her own website and hosting her own talk show. She is here to talk about that and much, much more. I'm joined by Aaliyah Funsell, founder of Sports with Aaliyah. Leah, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I know you are a very, very, very busy person. Um, could you please start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your uh, own personal brand? Okay, so I'm very glad to be on, so thanks for
1: having me first off. Um, yeah, I'm Aaliyah. I founded Sports with Aaliyah, which is my own sports reporting brand. Um, and then I also do a lot of other things for the past two years I've been the American Athletic Conferences Campus Connect reporter for Wichita State they hire one student at each campus to be the reporter for the conference and to give stories to the conference I've been doing that and then this year I also started Shockwave Digital Network which is another sports reporting entity at Wichita State so I do a little bit of everything I cover all sports um, wear multiple hats
0: but I love it. So it's a lot of fun. So I want to take you back to the very beginning. When, when, what made you decide to uh, pursue this career path?
1: Um, I've always loved sports. My family's a big sports family. We're all from New York, so um, there's two of every professional team in New York, so the sport's really big there. Um, so I've grown up playing sports, watching sports, and I've also grown up I've always loved talking to people and getting to know their stories and being very creative. So I somehow managed to put together everything I like and wrap it into one in my sports reporting. Um, I've always been super outgoing as a kid in middle school and high school, I did yearbook and broadcast. So it was a lot of little things that led up to ultimately what I do now.
0: So... Then what made you uh, decide to start your website, and then how did you really go about making that a reality?
1: Yeah, um, so my first two years of college at Wichita State, I actually worked for the campus newspaper. I was the men's basketball beat reporter, and at Wichita State, men's basketball is the holy grail. All of our eggs are in that basket, honestly. It's the whole city gets involved for Wichita State Basketball. So that allowed me to build a big following. I then, before my junior year of college, I decided to part ways with them, and I figured, you know, people read my stories because I'm the one writing it. They don't really care where it comes from, what website it's on. They'll just read it because it's me. I've, I've really built a loyal following. So when I realized that, I came up with my logo and kind of came up with a vision of what I wanted to do. And then it, everything just kind of progressed because it started out with just kind of social media posts. And then I did a podcast for a while, which then turned into a full-fledged uh, talk show that's also on camera, which is my ultimate goal. So, uh, it, yeah, it's kind of developed really quickly, but I'm really glad that it has.
0: Um, so, you know, you mentioned your, your podcast has, has already grown. How did, that, how did that go about going from a podcast to like an actual on-camera show?
1: Well, I've always wanted to do on-camera reporting at Wichita State. There wasn't many opportunities at all, so you have to be, you really have to think outside of the box, and that's kind of what I did. It all started because um, I met this guy whose brother was preparing to play professionally. He went to Omaha. It was a D1 school, and he's like, hey, like, can we set up an interview Like, and get your brother on your or get my brother on your platform, that'd be super cool. And I was like, yeah, actually, I've been trying to do on-camera interviews. So then where I filmed my interviews the Studio is called Shocker Studios, and I was in a media arts class as an elective, and they have actually the biggest film studio in the Midwest and all of this equipment free for us to use. So that's kind of how it came about. I then had classmates who were really interested in what I was doing, even though they didn't really like sports, they were interested in the concept of that, what I was doing, so they kind of helped me with the production and the setup and everything, and now it's the, a big ordeal with the whole set and everything.
0: Um, so, okay, so now, so we, we've grown to pretty much where you are now, so what, what obstacles did you face to get to this point?
1: cliche because I am a woman and everything and everyone's always like this is a male dominated industry and I've had people warn me and I never really thought that it would happen so soon in my career and it did um, unfortunately it happened really early in my career and I'm I'm actually fortunate for it because it was at the time felt like a major setback that I had to deal with um you know, like the good old boys club, where it was very exclusive, only to the guys and everything, and I honestly found my voice going through that situation, I learned how to stand up for myself, but that was really hard to navigate, and I'm really glad that I did face that early in my career instead of later down the road, because now I feel like I'm more equipped to handle stuff like that, so that was probably the biggest setback, and also, anytime you start something from the ground up, it's, it's going to have challenges, it's hard to build an audience, and it's hard to get people behind what you want to do, so it's just a matter of being consistent and showing people that what you're putting out there is good work, and yeah, so it's, it's a lot of trial and error, but thankfully, I've learned from a lot of it.
0: Yeah, you actually took <laughs> my next two questions, so, um, it, okay, so... Okay. I was going to actually ask what challenges have you, have you faced as, you know, as as a female in a male-dominated industry, but yeah. how were you able to overcome that and kind of start now to kind of thrive in a, a male-dominated industry? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I took the question
1: from you, and there's definitely two sides to that because there's um, discrimination against gender with co workers or people that you work for, which I think is super hard to deal with. But then there's also, when you're a public figure and a woman in sports, there's also, you know, people at home watching or listening or people on Twitter, the audience, who also discriminate. So it's kind of challenging finding a way to combat both of those aspects. Um, but the way I see it is. I I don't have anything to prove. Like I don't need to prove myself to anyone. If they want to consume my content, go for it. The people I do enjoy it. I I don't want to try to convince someone that I'm worthy of a follow or a view. If that makes sense. Um, It's just really important, I guess, to find confidence in who you are and what you do. There's a lot of guys that will be like, "Oh, so you like basketball? Okay, name." who won the MVP in this season and this and that and I'm just like I don't feel the need to prove myself like I know what I'm talking about I can be a woman I can be all girly and like to dress up and everything and still know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports so I just it's just finding that confidence in yourself and once once you do that then you don't really feel like you owe anyone anything when it comes to being discriminated against for being a woman and people thinking that you don't really know what you're talking about because you're a woman
0: and things like that. Uh, you also mentioned that you kind of had to start developing an audience. I know whenever I started off my Cho Show podcast, it kind of was the same thing. It was trying word of mouth, getting it out there on social media. What avenues did you take to kind of help get the word out about your brand? So I, I've always been
1: really big into marketing, and that played a huge role in this. It was important for me to know my audiences. There's a lot of retired Shocker fans um, who, all of like the older population, they're all on Facebook. So I would I would do my content for Facebook would look a little bit different than what I do on Twitter or Instagram, which is more laid back. So I basically evaluated where my followers were, the demographics, um, and tailored my content to that because... It's important to like me to keep my content pretty uniform on every platform, but I have a little twist. So the Twitter, Instagram, it's very, very personal. Like people feel like they know me and then Facebook where people are expecting to read longer posts or watch longer videos, that audience really likes professional looking things. So it was a lot of evaluation of what's working, what's not, and that's just kind of, I took those numbers and everything I learned from that, and then once I started tailoring my content to the different audiences, I saw a lot of success there. So that was a lot of fun doing
0: that. So with your recent success, now um, where do you see your brand going? Like, what what is the next step for Sports with Elite?
1: Yeah. So. This is, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's my senior year of undergrad, and that gets you very nostalgic and very eager at the same time. Um, It's going to look different for a lot of the people that follow me right now because I won't be as involved in Wichita State Athletics, but now I'm going to be more on the national stage, I guess, because I am going to Columbia for grad school, and that's in New York City, and I'm going to take every opportunity thrown my way. Um, but throughout my schooling there, which will take about a year and a half, my Sportofalia brand might look more like I'm documenting this point in my life. I might not be a beat reporter for a team or at a specific sport, but I'm going to be really documenting and sharing my life of this transitional period because. Columbia University, I I know the workload is not going to be light for school, but I also know that I'm going to get a lot of opportunities there. So for this next step, it's going to be very like, oh, I'm going on this journey and come along with me and see where it ends up. But my ultimate goal is I would love to get, you know, just continue on with my talk show and I'd love to have a talk show on a major network. That's always been my biggest goal is the talk show. I want to be like the Ellen Sports. I want. I really have a passion for having fun, lighthearted interviews, but also getting very in depth about who they are as a person. And so, I love watching Ellen show because it's just a lot of positivity. So, I would love to do that, but with the sports world uh, because I I love athletes. I love what they do on the court or on the field, but. They're people, and they're amazing people, and they do great things for the community. So that's the ultimate goal for Sports with is to be a talk show, a nationally recognized logo brand, and people just associate these fun and in-depth interviews with me.
0: Well, I'm glad because we do need more sports shows like that. That's finally why I started this podcast, because I feel like we focus too much like you mentioned, uh, about the, the players on the field success and not their off the field success. Um yeah. what is your favorite part about covering sports and talking to the athletes that you've talked to so far?
1: So my favorite part I think is having the ability to connect with both the people at home, the fans, and then the athletes, because us sports reporters are put in a very fortunate position of we get access to both, Um, and I I like to see us as the bridge between the player and the fan, because if you think about it, without media, how would we really, I mean, especially now with social media, it's a little bit easier, but we wouldn't really know what these athletes are like or what their stories are, and it's not something that's easily available to people as fans. So my favorite part is getting to have the access to the athletes, and I I always go into the mindset of what do the fans at home want to know? What can I tell them that they aren't getting from just watching a game? And so that's my favorite part because I love seeing uh, the bonds between players and fans through my content. It's, it's really cool. People will be like, oh, I never knew that about them, and I feel like I know them so much better. So that's probably my favorite part. I mean, talking to athletes is cool. Getting to meet famous athletes, that's cool. But the coolest part is definitely being that bridge and providing those stories to people that aren't getting them.
0: Um, think here. Okay, so... When was when was the I don't know if you have an exact moment, but if you do, when was the exact moment where you realized that this, this sport for the spoof of the layer might become something like where we we have something here that there, there's some kind of magic that I have captured in the bottle? Is there a moment where you felt that, or was it just kind of like a gradual progression? You know that you felt coming on. Um, I I felt it pretty gradually
1: at first, but it was weird. It was like a switch. It's like. I've had this in me especially if you think about my college career I had it in me those first two years that I was working for the newspaper I had all these ideas and all these visions that just wasn't aligning with theirs and I'm like I promise what I'm envisioning is special and it was a kind of gradual thing but then it just took me being like let me make this a reality let me you know flip the switch turn it on like let's make it happen and as soon as I did that it was like all at once it was because Has only been around a year and a half now, um, and it felt like it's been around forever. So it's kind of both. It was very gradual. A bunch of things inside of me that I was kind of building up, and then as soon as I decided to release it, it was all at once.
0: Uh, Now I follow you on social media. I've seen you post and share posts where uh, other young ladies have been inspired by you. What what does it What does it mean to you to kind of be like a role model? inspiration to them, and what advice would you give to um, young ladies who are trying to pursue the same career you are?
1: Yeah, I just, that's always the main goal of mine. On my Twitter, my pinned tweet is, like, my journey of sports reporting, and I say I want to inspire other women out there, other young girls, and to think that, like, I'm only a senior in college and already inspiring young girls is super humbling, and it's, I can't put into words how much it means to me um, because I know that there's people in sports that I looked up to, but there's also women in sports that has not they weren't really vocal about things they went through and I kind of felt like I was navigating it alone. So that's why I'm very, very vocal now about things that I go through, the good, the bad, the ugly, and try to help as many people as possible and for advice. I give it to anyone, not just women, but especially for women, is to be persistent. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, nevertheless, she persisted," And I just love that word because I am a very persistent person. If someone tells me, no, find a way to make it happen. But also, if someone knocks you down, just get back up and go even harder than you were going before. And it's the persistent ones that are successful and it's a great quality to have, and to be mindful of that. Yes, this is hard, but if I just, if I persist,ent if I persevere, if I push through it, the end goal will be much bigger
0: than any struggle that you that you've been through. Good advice. Good advice. I know as a as a as a beat as a beat reporter, you know as a beat reporter, it's tough. It's tough sometimes uh, to get get information out of people, but. Um, That's sound advice. Before I get you out of here, now, you mentioned earlier your fashion sense. Now, what do you have? Any fashion tips you would like to share to the listeners? Yeah,
1: I love fashion. Um, Shameless plug, you can follow me on Instagram and see my fashion with the whole uh, coronavirus thing right now. It's kind of hard to get some outfits popping off, but um, any fashion advice is just No one, you know, just take risks and fashion. Like, people are going to talk about you, if it's good or bad, regardless. Um, So wear what makes you feel confident. And I really am a firm believer, if you're confident, that really shows. Because there could be two people wearing the exact same outfit, looking the exact same. But if one is confident and one is not, you automatically are gravitating towards the person that is just very confident in what they're wearing and who they are. So that's my biggest fashion tip. It's not even about fashion. It's just about your mindset. And you got, you gotta own it. Whatever you wear, just own it, and people will,
0: will buy into it. They'll like it. So like, so I've seen like you you've had you had various like game day fits when you would cover Wichita State basketball. What what like what went into that? Was it that a thought process? Was it planned out, or was it just kind of like wake up? This is how I feel. I'm gonna wear this type of thing.
1: Yeah, it's kind of what I'm feeling, Um, kind of like how I feel this day. I'm feeling um, edgy or girly, but there are certain games where I kind of plan ahead. Um, Like, senior night, I wore this yellowish gold pullover that I bought the day before senior day, and I'm like, oh, this will be perfect for tomorrow. Let me buy it. Um, But for the most part, it's just kind of what I'm feeling, or this sounds weird, but like I base it off of, like, if it's a big game, I will make sure I look more professional, look nicer. If it's, like, a weeknight game against an opponent that isn't that good and isn't on national television, I'll look a little bit more casual. So that's kind of how I plan that.
0: Um, oh, I have to ask, what is, your fa- what is your favorite moment covering a game so far?
1: Well, there's been so many. Um, a lot has happened in four years. My favorite would probably be, I got to cover the Missouri Valley Conference, um, the tournament championship game, and Wichita State won it all, and it was my freshman year, and it was so fun. All of the athletes, they gave me the best content, super funny, super relaxed, and it was, everyone was just in great mood, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then probably close second, even though Wichita State lost, was getting the cover game in Madison Square Garden.
0: I'm a lifelong Knicks fan, so getting to do that was very surreal. Just being in the garden, covering a game. Yeah, I forgot you, Knicks fan. I thought uh, It's got to be rough. it got to be rough. <laughs> See, I I, you know, I keep telling her, come to the good side, but come a Brooklyn Nets fan. Hop on a band like no. now. Listen, I'm just, like, uh, I mean, I'm just saying...
1: I won't put it out. I won't it out. They might be an employer of mine while I'm in New York. I might intern for them.
0: But my heart always lays with the Knicks. You know, I, I got give you credit. <laughs> I give you credit for not jumping ship because it, it's got to be tough. I mean, you kind of watch the Nets make the worst trade in league history, come back, make the playoffs before you all have, and then land the guy you all wanted the most. So, I give you credit. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but, I mean, you gotta be honest here. It's not looking good. I mean... Are you on the you on the RJ Barrett Julius Randall Kevin Knox hype train, or are you are you feeling like you need to go in a different direction? I don't really know. Um, I I would like to be on
1: the train and see how it goes. I kind of I just have learned just to kind of sit back and see what happens because anytime I have expectations, they just get let down. So I kind of just like. Stay uninvolved and just watch from a distance and try not to form opinions because I get let down so much easier that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, uh, I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, what are your social medias for so, so the listeners can uh, give you a, a, a follow?
1: Okay, so on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, that's my new thing. I'm uh, my username is FunShell18. That's F U N. S-C-H-E-L-L-E 18 and then I also have a Sports with Aaliyah Facebook page and TikTok and Instagram and that's
0: Sports with Aaliyah is A-L-I-Y-A-H great well thank you for taking the time talking to me you're a very busy busy person um, <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate it any, any other time you want to come on just, just let me know and that's for sure. happy to bring you on Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you all for tuning in to the second episode of the Smooth Sports Podcast brought to you by the theswathreport.com. Join me next time as I once again go beyond the field and the court for the stories you don't see in the headline. My name is Jonathan at JG Smooth and Goodall. I'll talk to you all later.